your heavenly Father, he will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. When I was younger, I didn't want to be like my dad. I always thought he's too strict. Now that I've started to grow up, all I want to do is be like my dad. Firstly, a man of God, sold out and dedicated to the cross. Secondly, family first. He would sacrifice anything for his family. Thirdly, the love he has for my mother, unconditional and everlasting. And fourth, his wisdom, guidance, and support. A true depiction of a man. So dad, if I can be half the man you are when I grew up, I would have succeeded. Dad, in your eyes, I have seen God's love. Through your life, I found his grace. I love you. Happy Father's Day. Hey Dad, happy Father's Day from Toronto. Growing up, my favorite thing to do with you would be watching the hockey game on TV, Go Leafs Go, and playing ice hockey on our pond in the backyard. I don't think I get to thank you enough for everything you've done for me in the past and you continue to do for me on a daily basis. The prayers that you have prayed for me ever since I was a baby up until now, I appreciate so much. You support me in university, not only financially, but through your prayers and through your love, and it means so much for me. I look up to you so much and everything you've accomplished in your life and how you give all the credit to God. I love you so much and I miss you so much and I wish I could be there today to celebrate you. Bye dad, happy Father's Day. Church, I'm Chris, I'm currently in Peru doing a research dissertation on agriculture and technology. I just wanted to say since I can't be there to tell him in person, happy Father's Day to my own father, Paul Worrell. Uh, happy Father's Day to the other fathers. You guys are tasked with this incredible opportunity to be the first reflectors of Christ uh, to your children. And uh, my father took that role very seriously and I've benefited from it so much. I'm actually here in Peru implementing the same teachings that I've had when I was a child. And it's, it's been incredible for my walk with Christ and it's been incredible for my walk in my own career, with my school, with my relationships with other people. Uh, that just should goes to tell you that it's incredibly important um, the role that fathers play and I want to say thank you dad for taking that role so seriously because it, it was in, an incredible impact on my own life um, and I hope to see you soon also if you have any time uh, you can send some cash or a credit card or something like that thank you happy Father's Day dad hi my name is Megan Jack I'm studying digital arts and design in Florida and I just wanted to wish my dad Wilfred Jack happy Father's Day Thank you for always being there to encourage me and support me in everything I do. I pray that you have a great day. Bye. Love you. Happy Father's Day to my brothers who are fathers. I must say that you're all looking mighty good very ready for a fine restaurant meal somewhere. Dads, this is our day. Eat lots of bacon, 
order a second dessert, watch sports, fall asleep on the couch, and snore. <laughs> I've only been here three months, but I guess I'm a rather quick learner. And it's obvious to see the Bahamians celebrate Mother's Day quite a bit different than Father's Day. I mean, on Mother's Day, you drive by every corner and there's nicely wrapped gift baskets with beautiful chocolates, cut flowers that are just gorgeous. Now, on Father's Day, you drive by the same corner and there's top-up cards for your cell phone and a cage of crabs. Now, here's my true confession. It's always a little awkward for me to preach on Father's Day because what with being a father myself, it's somewhat self-serving, don't you think, to say, man, you dads are all awesome. Smart, hardworking, wise, cool, handsome. Someone did say they liked my hair this morning. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Well, all this being admitted, fellas, I'm grateful for the opportunity to spend some time in God's Word with you this morning on Father's Day. But before we do, I just wanted to share some things that ran across this week that you might relate to. From a grown daughter, said this, my father was completely lost in the kitchen. Never ate unless someone prepared a meal for him. When mommy was ill, however, he volunteered to go to the supermarket for her. So... She sent him off with a carefully numbered list of seven items. Dad returned after a little while, very proud of himself. He unpacked the grocery bags to show one bag of sugar, two dozen eggs, three hams, four boxes of detergent, five boxes of crackers, six eggplants, and seven sweet peppers. Sometimes, guys, we are rather literal. Speaking of which, how to diaper a baby by a dad named Jimmy. Spread the diaper in the position of a baseball diamond with you at bat. Then fold second base down to home plate. Set the baby on the pitcher's mound. Put first and third bases together. Bring up home plate and then pin it all together. Of course, in the case of rain, you got to call the game and start all over again. Oh, it's different being a father than a mother. While flying Denver to Kansas City, a bystander heard this actual conversation and direction from a mother to a young child. Now remember, run to dad first, then the dog. <laughs> Before a son took the old family car away to college, his dad loaded the trunk with different soda bottles filled with engine oil, radiator coolant, and transmission fluid. Sure enough, the car broke down for the boy, and when he opened up the hood, he discovered just how well his dad really knew him. The oil cap was labeled Goombay Punch. The transmission stick was called Coke, and the empty engine coolant container was called Diet Pepsi. <laughs> You're starting to get the point. Tyler picked up a card, one after the other, opened them and quickly shoved them back on the rack of cards in the store. Tyler, what are you looking for? Haven't you found a nice card for Daddy yet? No, I'm looking for one that has money in it. 
Father's Day. We are grateful for the love of our wives, the love of our children and grandchildren. We truly are. Please turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. Dads, today, God's word is going to call us to being like trees, like this sea grape tree. Please follow along as I read the first psalm in the Bible, Psalm chapter 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And he will be like, be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked man are not, man, excuse me, the wicked are not so, but they are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. To me, it's interesting to note, men, that God has more names for people who are chaff than he has for people who are trees. Chaff people in this psalm are called the wicked, verses 1, 4, 5, and 6. They're called sinners, verses 1 and 5, and they're called mockers in verse 1. That's three names for a class of persons that the Bible calls chaff. On the other hand, God has one name for people that he deems to be trees. And that one name is the righteous. Verse 5 and verse 6, the righteous. Do you know why God has more names for chaff people than for tree people? Do you know why God has more names for chaff dads than for tree dads? because there's so much more of chaff people. The majority of the dads on this island and in the world are not tree dads, they are chaff dads. And so God acknowledges that by giving more names for the chaff than for the trees, which brings up an important point for us who are fathers. We should not take our cues from non-Christian dads who are all around us and, and who outnumber us. When I was growing up, I would be doing something, and my mother would say to me, mind you, I'm a dad in training at that point as a young guy, if all your friends were to jump off the skyscraper, would you jump? I remember one day I was being sassy, and I said, yes, I would. And mother said, took me to the psychiatrist. No, she didn't. Verse 1 will only be an encouragement to us this morning, men, who are fathers, if we understand what God defines a tree dad to be like. And then if we'll look to see how God directs us that we might be tree fathers. Again, verse one. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Here in verse 1, it says, how blessed 
It's interesting that in the Hebrew language of the Old Testament, this word blessed is always in the plural. It is never in the singular. This means that God's blessings for tree people are always in a flock, always in a herd, always multiple blessings, never traveling alone, always in the plural. And fathers, when we decide that we will be like trees, even though most of the dads in our culture are chaff, then Psalm Verse 1 as an assurance for us. How blessed, with multiple blessings, is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners. God's promises for the tree father this morning are things that he will do for us and things that we will cultivate in our own lives relative to him. In verse 1, he is called blessed. That's God's action toward trees. In verse 2, we are to delight. That is the tree's choice to put God's word at a paramount central place in the time spending of our lives. It says in verse 2 that this tree person meditates. That's the tree's work of mulling over the word of God. Biblical meditation, guys, is not emptying our minds like ancient Near Eastern mystical thought of yoga and things like that. Those meditations are using chants and mantras to try to empty the mind. No, no, no. Biblical meditation is filling our minds with what's right, filling our minds with which is truth, filling our minds with Scripture. When we make that commitment, we are trees that will be blessed with multiple blessings, dads. Further, it says in verse 3 that tree people are planted planted. God's action to make tree people stable and fruitful. Further, verse 3, it says that tree dads have yields. This is God's action of bringing good harvest out of the trees, be they fathers or other believers. All these sea grapes that are green, one day will be lush and they will be red because this sea grape Plant is healthy, and it is fruitful. And last, in verse 3, God says that he wants to bless the advancement of us as trees. Verse 3 says that he prospers the believer who is like a tree planted by springs of water. Now, that sounds good, we must admit. I mean, who would not want to be a tree person? What Christian, in the sound of my voice, would not want to have God's blessings, not want to delight in God's writings, not be short of meditating on the best guide? What Christian listening to this psalm would not be wanted to be planted for stability in the storms of life? What believer would not want to be part of a harvest of good things like these sea grapes? And what believer would not want to be witherproof in life. I want those things. And so do all the Christian dads in the sound of my voice, I'm sure. And so the deal becomes, how do we get these things? How are these things realized in our living? How do we turn out to be Christian dads who are like trees? By avoiding three things. God is very clear. If we want to be tree fathers, we must avoid three things. Ready? 
Number one, we are to avoid walking with bad guys. Number two, we are to avoid standing with bad guys. And number three, we are to avoid sitting with bad guys. Verse one again, how blessed is the man who does not walk with, in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. If you want to be a tree father, avoid walking with bad guys, standing with bad guys, and sitting down with bad guys. Isn't that exactly, by the way, what Peter did before the cross? Isn't that exactly what the apostle Peter did before he denied the Lord? He walked with bad guys, then he stood with bad guys, and then he sat down with bad guys. First he walked, second he stood, and third he sat. Hold your places in Psalm 1, please, and go with me to John, John chapter 18, to see what Peter did. He did exactly what Psalm 1 warned tree people not to do. John 18, 15 to 18. And Simon Peter was following Jesus, and so was another disciple. Now the disciple was known to the high priest and entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. So he's walking. But Peter was standing at the door outside. Now he's standing. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to the doorkeeper and brought in Peter. A slave girl, therefore, who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. His denial of Jesus Christ began with the very things that Psalm 1 warns us of all these centuries later. He started by walking with bad guys. He wound up standing with bad guys, and he wound up ultimately sitting down with bad guys. Now we can go to Mark 14. Mark 14 and verse 54. Mark 14 and verse 54. And Peter had followed him at a distance, that's walking, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the officers. Now this text says he sat down. He sat down with the bad guys. Peter first followed at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and then he was sitting with the officers and warming himself by their fire. Tree dads, watch carefully who you walk with. Watch carefully who you stand with. Watch carefully who you sit down with. And all of this preventative avoidances are rooted in the Christian father's fatherly love for his children. Fathers who know Christ love their children. They do. Someone said that a father carries pictures where he used to carry his money in his wallet. He loves his children. And all this avoidance of not walking with bad guys, not standing with bad guys, not sitting with bad guys, is rooted in a genuine and growing love for Jesus Christ. Rooted in a genuine and growing love for our wives. Rooted in a genuine and growing love for our children. 
And so we're told three things to avoid if we would be tree fathers. We are to do two things. We're going to get to those. And we are not to do three things. So you want to be a tree? Don't walk with bad guys. Don't stand with bad guys. Don't sit with bad guys. But on the positive, what are we to do? Number one, we are to delight ourselves in the Bible. Back to Psalm 1, first part of verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. We are to delight men in the Bible. Let me make a practical suggestion for you. Could you start with five minutes per morning alone in the word of God with the Holy Spirit? Delight yourself in the Bible. Could I give you a second homework? Not only if we would delight ourselves in the Bible, we would spend that five minutes in the morning alone with God and his word. But secondly, we would start with five minutes per day with our wife and our kids if they still live at home. For us, that works around the dinner time. We have our dinner together, and then we go and get the Bible, and we spend some time in God's Word together, the three of us, while Joanna is up in Toronto, actually now in Spain for the summer. The second thing we would do if we would be tree dads is we would meditate on the Bible. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Could you identify men? One verse of Scripture a week. Could you identify one verse of Scripture and get it into your iPhone or onto a three-by-five card where you shave on the mirror? And then could you think about that one verse for seven days? Memorize it. Think about it. Chew it over like a milk cow chews her cud of grass. That's biblical meditation. Filling our minds and mulling over truth. So, want to be a tree dad? I'm sure that you do. Don't walk with bad guys. Don't stand with bad guys and don't sit with bad guys. Instead, delight yourself in the Bible. Spend time in it alone and with your spouse and kids who are still at home and meditate in the Bible. Identify one verse per week. Write it out. Put it on your iPhone, wherever you're going to put it, your iPad, and have it before you in a week so that you can think about it all week. Now, let's be blunt and applicational and practical. You say to me, Pastor Rob, I understand there are tree people, there are chaff people, there are tree fathers, there are chaff fathers. I really want to be a tree father. Good. Do you know specifically how you don't walk with bad guys? You don't walk with bad guys into the numbers house. You don't walk with bad guys into a sweetheart's apartment. You don't walk with bad guys into a bar. How do we not stand with bad guys? How do tree fathers not stand with bad guys? Well, they don't stand with them for moral and ethical compromise. They don't stand with bad guys for good enough is good enough work habit at work. They don't stand with bad guys for the irresponsibility of I don't feel like it, so I won't. They don't stand with bad guys for the what's in it for me love. They don't stand with bad guys for what 
she doesn't know won't hurt her. We don't stand with bad guys. We don't walk with bad guys. We don't stand with bad guys. And we don't sit with bad guys. What is sitting with bad guys like? We don't sit with bad guys on being comfortable with just nominal Christianity that makes us lukewarm, that God says he vomits out of his mouth in Revelation. We don't sit with bad guys on being comfortable with half-truths. We don't sit down with bad guys on being dishonest, on being dishonest. We don't sit with bad guys on being okay with promise-breaking. If you make a promise, man, to your children, keep it. Because they look at you and see what God is like in their minds. God is a promise keeper. You make a promise to your spouses, keep it. Because your wife looks to you to see what her heavenly father's like. You make a promise to your employer, then keep it. Because your unsaved employer knows you're a Christian. He wants no part of a savior that breaks promises. And if you represent Jesus and you break promises, that's what he or she thinks. Sidney Poitier, fine Academy Award winning actor, was quoted to have said this. I decided that in my life, I would do nothing that did not reflect positively on my father's life. That is a good ambition. And if Sidney Poitier is willing to make that commitment, how much more the son of God, who is a father and who is a parent and who is a husband and a grandfather and a grandparent, how much more should the child of God, who is a tree father, Commit to doing nothing. Commit to doing, leaving nothing undone that would bring shame on his heavenly father. You know, here we have this sea grapes tree. It's thriving with his grapes coming in beautifully, fruit. And one day, I don't know how long it takes because I'm new to the Bahamas, but one day those grapes will mature and they'll be red and delicious. And over here, we have a little sea grape tree. The child in this metaphor, a child of a dad or a granddad who's looking at the mature tree that is bearing fruit and is wanting to be just like that tree. Wanting to grow up, wanting to grow strong and vital, wanting to bear fruit because he sees fruit on his daddy, fruit on his granddaddy. Fruit on his adopted daddy. Fruit on his foster daddy. This little tree has all the potential of that tree. It takes time. It takes time. The author of This is Unknown. A careful man I want to be. A little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray for fear he'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whate'er he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be the little chap 
who follows me. He thinks that I'm so very fine, believes in every word of mine. The, the base in me he must not see, the little chap who follows me. I must remember as I go through summer sun and winter snow, I'm building for the years to be this little chap who follows me. Maybe as I'm preaching about this, there are fathers here who are hanging their heads either literally or figuratively because they know they've blown it. I've blown it too. I need to be a more godly dad just like some of you. The good news of grace, grace alone, God will provide. The great message of grace is that we can change. We can't change the past of our parenting that was faulty, but we can change the future of our parenting in God's grace and according to the lifespan he gives us and our child as well. You know, it's amazing with this I close. Darren and Kimberly Clear's little baby girl, Alicia, was born safely this week. What an answer to prayer. What a joy to meet her and her mommy in the hospital room with Pastor Tommy this week. What a joy. And I read this portion of scripture in that hospital room with a brand new gift of life in the arms of her mommy. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. Children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They shall not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. God picks a metaphor for a baby, for a child, for a teenager, for a less than fully mature adult, and he calls those people arrows. Do you know why? Because all things being equal, the archer who fires the arrow will have the arrow hit the targets that he points the arrow at. Godliness, Christ-likeness, salvation, service in the church, decency in the community. When we have an arrow and we pull it back farther and we aim at the target, if we hit that target, the person that we are raising, the boy or the girl that we are raising, all things being equal will go further than we will. I know there are exceptions, but all things being equal, a father dies before his child. And a child is like an arrow because a, a conscientious, intentional Christian father sold out to Jesus Christ. When he pulls back the, the bow and the arrow, all things being equal, the child will release and go further in his or her lifespan than the father will. This little tree... I have no idea how old it is because I don't understand horticulture in the Caribbean yet. I like horticulture. I'd like to learn about it. If you could tell me about it, I'd appreciate it. Seriously. I don't know how young this little sea grape tree is. But I do know this, that this one's older. And all things being equal, this one dies before that one. 
And so when that little sea grape plant takes its cue for fruitfulness off the bigger sea grape tree, then it will carry on beyond the lifespan of the big tree. I want my kids to have a tree father who they can emulate and take the gospel further than I have, win more to Jesus Christ than I ever will. That's my prayer for my family. Maybe you can relate to that in your families. Trees and chaff. God has more names for chaff than trees because we are surrounded by more ungodly fathers than godly ones, but that shouldn't dissuade us for being true to Christ and loving to our children. Gracious God, we thank you for the great privilege of being yours, especially as fathers this Sunday, to have the joy of knowing that little sea grape plants are looking at us Oh, God, please produce fruit in our branches as we set our roots down into Scripture, as we're watered by the Spirit of God's ministry in our lives, as we're sold out to Jesus Christ, as we say what we'll do and we do what we say, as the fruit of the Spirit is produced in our lives as fathers. Oh, God, give us little sea grape plants to come to know you as Lord and Savior, come to grow up into you into full stature. And God, would you let our little sea grape plants exceed us in the business of heaven on earth. Thank you, Lord, for each dad. I commit them to your care. Encourage their hearts. Bless them. Bless them. And I pray this in Jesus' precious name together. Amen.